My name's Paul Murphy and over the last two decades, one thing has constantly intrigued me. How do we get a consistent flow of targeted traffic to generate incredible profits and at the same time set up processes and systems that remove all the stresses and headaches that come with online marketing? Together, we will discover the unknown strategies that exist right now on how to set up powerful marketing systems that allow us to turn our businesses around fast and give us the power to not live life on someone else's terms that we never signed up for in the first place, but have the lives we always dreamed of. Traffic's the question, and this podcast will give you the solutions. Now, on with today's episode. Hey, what's up, everyone? How's it going? So just out for a walk, you probably can hear the... This is the uh, beach in front of where I live, literally over the road from my apartment. And um, you might be able to hear the waves. Um, I want to talk about something today because a lot of people, you know, like people who want to be good at marketing want to know the fast track, right? Like what's the fast track? What's the thing that's going to get them there, right? And I was, I was thinking about this today and I was thinking, okay, well, what, what does it really take, right? And if you think about it, right, if you want to be really tough in life... You know, say you want to be a boxer or a fighter or, a, or an athlete, right? You've got to pay the price somewhere to get there, right? So you're not going to have like an easy life to become tough. You've got to go and put the work in. You've got to go and do something to become tough, right? Um, if you want to, there's kind of yin and yang and everything in the universe. So if you want to get to that kind of humble position in life, you, wanna, you, you probably need to have a lot of life experiences to kind of realise and then become a humble person. Right. If you want to be good at marketing, okay, there's a few things you can do. But generally speaking, you're going to have to put some work in. You're probably going to suck for a little while. But there are fast tracks, right? Um, but the fast tracks are not easy, right? So it's, it's like that. You know, sometimes you've got to you've got to kind of put in the hard work. Now, some of the, like with with marketing, because marketing really is, is salesmanship. Um, and instead of selling one-to-one, it's selling one-to-many, right? So that's kind of the way I like to think about it. And I actually heard somebody talking about this today, that this very thing, right? So, and it's, you know, there, there, there's a way that you can become good at sales, right? It's one of the ways that I know, and I've done this a few times, is get a job, right, where you've got sales and you're, you're trying to get a number of sales every single day, Right? But get a job that's, I, I'll use this analogy, like like selling ice to an Eskimo, right? Because obviously an Eskimo lives in, like Eskimo's the wrong word. <laughs> it's probably a quite a um, derogatory term now. It's like an Inuit, selling ice to an Inuit, sorry, should I say. Eskimo is not um, politically correct anymore. But that was a term we used to use, you know. It's like selling ice to, ice to an Eskimo. So we'll say ice to an Inuit, right? So... And, and when you think about it, Inuits live surrounded by ice. So if you can sell ice to an Inuit, you can basically do, sell anything, right? Because it's, and again, but that's not an easy thing to do, right? So, you know, obviously sales jobs are like, people are crying out for salespeople, right? In, in certain industries, like it's not a hard job to get, especially if it's commission only. Um, so, you know, I would recommend actually going and getting a job that's commission only, where you're expected to get a certain amount, a number of sales per day or per week, 
where you know it's cold calling or it's something really really difficult right because i think that's fundamentally obviously there's lots of techniques that we use in marketing nowadays but a lot of the core basics i learned was from sales my first job when i left school was um, i was an upholsterer and um and i got sacked from that job then i was a builder and i got well i actually left but i would have got sacked i think because i wasn't very good uh so a laborer a builder's laborer a dog's body basically and the third job i got was uh, as an office studio working at an insurance company i had to sort of do make make teas coffees uh do a bit of filing and just kind of help out around the office for a year and then i was allowed to start selling and that was the the rule was you have to do that for a year and then you can sort of get promoted and funnily enough that you know a sales job then to me seemed like a promotion and it's kind of funny now because people are crying out for salespeople, right but remember i went on the counter and and it was like selling ice to an inuit because we had to sell home insurance and motor insurance to people who needed it but didn't want it right but had to have it as well because it was a legal requirement if you have a mortgage you have to have home insurance if you have a car you have to have car insurance um, and people would do the thing every year where they'd phone up three companies or come in, they, they would come into our office or phone us, right? Because we had a, a high street office. And they would come in and we'd give them a quote and we'd either get it or we wouldn't, right? And we'd get angry customers, we'd get people that didn't want to be there, they'd be rude to us. Really hard, like tough job, right? So I did that. I did that for kind of close to seven years before I realized that I could actually do something else right but one of the things that happened while I was in that job we had these things called tick boxes now I have mentioned this on another podcast episode but I'll tell you the story again because I can't remember which episode it was and I don't want you to have to go and find it right but basically these tick boxes uh, they were called tick boxes but what we didn't sell in in the um, insurance office was things like mortgage advice or life insurance or these kind of other services we had reps that that dealt with that but we could get leads for those reps while people were coming in for other things right so someone might come in and ask ask for a motor insurance quote we could give them one of these tick boxes and we could say to them you know while i'm getting your quote fill out this um fill your name and address in and tick a box that you're interested in right and we'd get paid one pound fifty now back in the days i was i was earning i think it was about 30 or 40 pounds a week right when i when i when i first got this job so one pound fifty per tick box you know i could get a few of these a day i could like double my salary or even triple it sometimes right but there was a kind of built-in problem with this and the problem was if they didn't tick a box, obviously we couldn't do it. We couldn't tick it on their behalf or pretend that they'd ticked it. Um, we, you know, if they filled in the name and address and didn't tick the box, you've got nothing. It goes in the bin because it's not a lead, right? And that was the way we ran it, right? And because of that model, you'd get one in five people tick the box. And... Um, as soon as I kind of saw that this was a way to make extra money, because my company didn't have any overtime, we we're all expected to do overtime, but we didn't get paid for it, right? 
So, as soon as I saw this opportunity, I wanted money, right? I was like, I need money. So, I started kind of realising the flaw, right? And, and, you know, what I did here was kind of what you would have to do with marketing, right? It's kind of like, what is the issue? What's the problem? What's the solution? Right? So, I would give these tick boxes and I would say, fill out the box and then if there's anything you're interested in, tick a box. Leave it blank. Well, how can I ensure that they tick the box? Right, that was the next problem that I was faced with. I was thinking, well, I don't want to get one in five. I want to get everyone ticked, right? So what I did was kind of, I think, you know, as bearing in mind, I was sort of 17 years old. I think it was genius. <laughs> the 17-year-old me, I would want to go and give him a pat on the back and say, that was really clever. <laughs> well done. But basically, all I did was I decided that not ticking a box wasn't an option, right? It was part of the process. So I said to them, fill out your name and address and choose one of those boxes that you are interested in, as, as in assuming that they are, and tick it. Right, so just a subtle change on words was like, instead of saying, if there's any box you're interested in, tick it, I said, choose a box that you are interested in, assuming that they are interested, right? every single box got ticked right and I would ask because most of the people in the office didn't even want to ask because they hated doing these things because they never got the boxes ticked if somebody else was serving and I knew they didn't want to ask I would go up to them right so I might have two or three of these boxes out at once get them all ticked and that was the next thing right I was like how many how can I get more how can I get more of these boxes ticked so, you know, like I'd have two or three of my colleagues on the counter. They didn't want to ask for these things. And as soon as anyone come in, I'd go, right, while my colleagues get in that, can you just tick this box that you're interested in, fill your name and address? And soon I was sort of like double, tripled and even quadrupled some months of my salary. But what I didn't realise was that as a result of all of this, I had become the best tick box seller in the country at seven years old, and bear in mind, we had 900 stores in the whole country. And they decided to run a competition because they wanted to see, you know, they wanted to kind of incentivize us to, 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 to do better. And I won it as the number one in the country. And I won, I think it was like two or 300 pounds worth of Marks and Spencer's vouchers, which was, uh, I think it still is actually, yeah, I mean, it's called MS now. Uh, it's a store in the UK, right? So it's like a department store and they do food and all sorts of stuff. And I remember I actually bought, with that money, I bought a jacket that looked like a Rick Astley jacket. <laughs> I can remember going out in it thinking I looked the business. But that's another story. <laughs> but yeah, so so yeah, so the, so I, I became the best tick box seller in the country just by uh, assessing, solving and deciding, you know, what can I do? What can I do? And it was only some minor changes. And it blew me away, and it still blows me away to this day, that out of 900 branches with like 10 staff, average of 10 staff in each branch. So what's that, 9,000, 90, I don't know, 90,000 staff, I don't know. Crazy amounts of staff. I was the only one who kind of had come up with this. Um, I asked all, I, I mean, I don't know all the rest of the data, right? I don't know how busy our store was compared to others. Oh, shop, should I call it? But yeah, like, but even still, to become to and then and then my area manager asked me if I'd go around the country. It never actually happened because I think they changed the way they did it. 
but my area manager asked me to go around the country and train people and I was really excited by that prospect but again it never actually happened I think they wanted me to carry on selling these things right <laughs> sometimes you, you can be too good at your job but the, the next thing that happened was quite interesting so about four or five years later I was working as a DJ in a nightclub and uh, there was a chap that had made the national newspapers for going around and scamming uh, companies in, to believe he'd won the lottery when he'd won £10. And he pretended to buy a football club, he pretended to buy cars, um, and was a bit of a dodgy character around Colchester, but I didn't really know him, but he walked into my club the day he'd made the front headlines of the national newspapers. So I walked up to him, and I was like, are you... I won't say his name... I'll say his first name. Are you Dave? Whatever his surname is. And he was like, yeah. I said, join the paper today. He said, yeah. And he had it with him, right? And he was like, well. So I sat and had a drink with him because I was DJing that night. And I said, look, I could bring you up and we could have a bit of a laugh about the fact that you're in the papers and that. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He loved all that. And while we were chatting, he said to me, I said, what is it you do? He said, oh, he said, uh, I used to work in insurance. He said, I recognise you. You don't, you don't work at, you didn't used to work at Swindon's, did you? I said, yeah. I, I worked on the counter. He, he said, I said, um, so what were you? He said, oh, I said, I was the rep there. He said, I was about to get sacked because I wasn't doing very well. And then suddenly all these leads started coming in, he said, and I ended up paying off my mortgage with all the money that was coming in. And I said, do you know who gave you those leads? He said, well, there was just one chap in that office. He said, I don't, I didn't really know who it was. I said, it was me. I said, I was the best tick box seller in the country. I said, you were getting all my leads. He said, man, he said, you made me a few hundred thousand pounds. I was like, really? He said, yeah. He said, I'm going to buy you a drink. <laughs> and I didn't know this, right? I didn't know that he'd made that sort of money. I hadn't made anything like that sort of money. I just got £1.50 a tick box, but he was getting hundreds per sale, right? And the reason, basically, obviously, the reason I told you that story is just because it was about solving problems, right? Literally just about kind of assessing, solving a problem. And if you can go into a company, right? And again, this is not the only way. There's, there's lots of ways you can do it. This is just the one I wanted to share with you today, right? But if you can go into a company and ascertain, right? Like work out what it is that needs to be selling. Just ask questions, right? The reason why Elon Musk managed to get the Tesla was because he... You know, people said, like, you can't do that. And he said, but surely there's a way, right? Like, if I, if I can go and, get, um, go and get the metal from the iron exchange, if I can go and do this with the lithium battery, if I can get this... And then he can do it and make it cost-effective, right? And now, one of the richest men in the world. Steve Jobs is the same, right? It was like, he'd be running his, co- his company and people say, well, you can't do it this way. So said, why? He said, well, that's the way we've always done it. And he said, well, no one ever gave him the answer. So he figured out the answer and then decided, you know was able to change it right and that's kind of the key right if you can go in and i mean you, i'm not saying you'd have to do it forever you could probably do a job like that for like six months and if it's kind of really sales orientated my recommendation if you're going to do something like this right is to do something you know it'd be the best sort of apprenticeship you'll ever get for your life right you could do six months you could do door to door you could do hardcore selling and if you just go in with a mind that you're just going to solve every problem and you're going to think outside the box and, you know, don't be afraid to ask your friends, ask anybody who works there how they're doing to achieve and just keep, you know, making 1% increments every day. 
until you become a top seller, you're going to have pretty much all the skills you'll ever need to be an entrepreneur and to be a marketer. Because once you learn that, it, it gives you a sort of it's like a base, a baseline to serve you for your future, right? So, yeah, just thought I'd share that with you. Hopefully, there's some good takeaway with that. And yeah, I'll catch you in the next episode. If you are tired of paying for ads that do not deliver and you need to reach a super targeted audience, driving them direct to your products and services with free targeted evergreen traffic on Google and YouTube, then our gold membership is designed specifically to help you get results fast by claiming your first free Google ads. Now, the great thing is, is that your first two weeks are completely free. To get started, head over to iservefirst.com. That's iservefirst.com. Links in the show notes. And you'll be able to start driving 100% free targeted traffic to your business today.